0: morning. morning. Please open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. I was asked to speak as a little bit of a continuation of our spiritual emphasis week. Actually, I was asked to prepare something just in case one of the speakers didn't show up. (laughs) Praise God, they all did. Um, And I want to Open the open the scriptures up in the fourth chapter of Ephesians this morning, and um, let me just read these verses and then we'll pray. Uh, Paul writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit exactly what God wanted him to write to the church of Ephesus in Asia Minor, and he says this, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, for the Lord I should say, He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may be no longer children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, by deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Let's pray. Oh, Father, would you please, by the power of the Holy Spirit, whom you and the Son have sent. Enable the speaker to clearly communicate God's word to these people gathered. And may each one gathered here be able to receive these things by the power of the Holy Spirit so that they may be spiritually discerned and so that they may pierce Uh, to the dividing of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and critique our thoughts and the intents of their heart. May these things in this passage that are before us shape us to be the men and women of God that you want us to be. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Now when we jump into a passage of Scripture as I've just done, Ephesians chapter 4, we always need to bear in mind that there is a context for these verses. In fact it's very helpful I think at any point in the study of the Bible to have the big picture of the whole. And uh, I want to make some summary statements and then really just make some summary statements over the text that uh, we've read together. Uh, The first thing is this, Paul who writes this letter, writes it to a particular church in the midst of a number of other churches. In fact, Ephesus was one of the seven churches to which John's revelation is pinned. And so we know in Asia Minor there there was a grouping of at least seven churches and perhaps even more, but Paul writes to a people in a real world with real concerns, real needs, and real difficulties. And and so he writes this, and and I think Dr. Shimke put it something like this, uh, that Ephesians, the first three chapters tells us who we are in Christ, and the last three chapters tells us how we live as those who are in Christ, or, or something like that. And and so chapter, chapter one tells us that we are redeemed, are saved, are um, belonging to God uh, because the Father has chosen us, the Son has redeemed us, and the Spirit has, um, it's not sealed, it's, um, well, because of the work of the Spirit. <laughs> And then in chapter two, he he, he backs off a little bit and explains to us that we were dead in trespasses and sins and God made us alive together with Christ. And um, being made alive together with Christ, we are now those who are in union with Christ and those who know God and belong to God and serve God, and he finishes up the, the little section of the verses 1 through 10 by letting us know that we have been redeemed by sovereign grace, uh, no thanks to us at all, but we've been redeemed for a purpose, and that is that we uh, do. The, we, the God has prepared good works beforehand for us to walk in or to live in and to do and and, th- and then Paul talks about the Jew and the Gentile united in the church and you can just feel the disunity between these two people groups and Paul is saying no 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 We're, you're not a Jew and you're not a Gentile you're one you're a new you're new in Christ you're you're unified in Christ your your identity is Christ And then he goes on to chapter 3, and he develops that theme quite a bit. And then we have this marvelous doxology toward the end of the third chapter. And then we come to chapter 4 and verse 1. And in these first verses, you can just feel Paul bringing in these people, these diverse people groups that are in one church. And there's division, obviously. But he's explaining to them why they must be one people. And then he talks about diversity. And the diversity is that he gave gifts to men. Spiritual gifts to function in the church. And the design of the spiritual gifts, you have the prophets, I mean, I'm sorry, the apostles, foundational, you have prophets, foundational, you have evangelists that are obviously continuing, and pastors and teachers, and perhaps it's pastor teachers, or, or two different pastors and teachers. I don't, I, I don't know how you can be a pastor without being a teacher. Perhaps you could be a teacher without being a pastor, but it's all designed to help people come to Christ and grow in Christ. And Paul is explaining that in order for that to happen, in order for God's design to work, we all have to be involved and we all have to participate and we have to do it as one people. That's really the heart of this thing. And it's very interesting that in the first verse of chapter 4 he talks about how we walk. And in these last four chapters, how we walk is mentioned at least four times and the other times when the word walk is not mentioned the idea of how we live out the Christian life which is what walk means is is fleshed out again and again and again and so what i really want to speak about in the you did say i could go to 11 Amen You know i'm only kidding In the few verses that that are few minutes and few verses that are left, um, I simply want to try to help us understand how this is supposed to work in the church. Now, ABU is not a church. Okay, let's get that straight. We've never been a church. We're not a church. And if we if we become a church in the future, then we're going to be a lot different than we are now. We're not a church, but we are a teaching institution to help people who are either in the church now, well, you are in the church, I hope, but who are going to function in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is very pertinent to us as uh, Bible college students because we are part of the church. And there is a broad sense in which ABU is part of the universal people of God, of course. So how we walk, and our walk is dependent upon the function of the gifts that God has given to the church and what comes of it. And so, just bear in mind that we have these gifts and they're designed to do something. And I want to show where you fit into this as the people of God. Okay? And so, again, verse 11 and 12, he gave... Uh, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, to, now here it is, to equip the saints. None of these guys are big men. Don't think of your pastor as a big man. He's not a big man. Christ is a big man. Do you know what the big man did? Are you ready for this? He washed the disciples' feet. That's the big man. And that's the model of servant leadership. So this whole thing of, of, of equipping the saints is a matter of service, not lording it over the people. And, and, and if, if you want a good example of that, and, and I apologize, Jeremiah, but if you want a good example of servant leadership, look at RBC. He leads as a servant. He sacrifices for you and for me so we can be here and we can function. And the other admin people do as well. And that's the tone that is set. And that should be the tone in your church, by the way. If your pastor is functioning as the big man, something's wrong. Because the big man washes the disciples' feet. They're there to serve. And all your faculty, we're not not lording it over you. We're here to serve you. But in the church... And so as you train, whatever God is going to have you do in life for Him, or you're doing in life for Him now, is as a servant of God for the good and the building up of the saints of God. Because they have to get this. It's vital. Okay? So, the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So how do these saints get equipped so that they can do the work of the ministry, so that they can build up the body of Christ. And if you, we don't have time for this, but if you were to turn to First and Second Timothy and Titus, the so-called pastoral epistles, you will find again and again and again and again and again the apostle Paul stresses teaching, 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 teaching. I remember when I was a brand new Christian, I listened to this pastor and he said, the word, the word, the word. And I thought, okay, the word. And I got into a strong Bible teaching church and it changed my entire life. You don't even want to know what an idiot I was. As a young man, oh, thank Lord that he changed my life. Who knows where I would be today? Not in a good place. But it was because of the teaching of the word of God. And that is fundamental to everything that happens in the church. And if you're going to be a pastor, I'm going to tell you right now, You better be a teaching pastor or you're out of the will of God. I'll guarantee that from Ephesians chapter 4. So, until we uh, equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, Now, let let me just pause for a moment because the theme of unity runs throughout the book of Ephesians. The little letter. It's not even a book. It's a little letter. But unity, unity, unity in the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God is designed so that we spiritually are all on the same page. And yes, we may differ on this and that, but there are fundamental things you have to agree to to be a Christian. You cannot be a Christian and deny the Trinity. It just can't be done. And there are other basic doctrines that we all hold to. You may be of this persuasion or that persuasion, but the fundamental truths are there, and that is what binds us together. I gotta tell you something. I'm a Presbyterian, and I'm not proud of it. When I became, I grew up as a Methodist. When I became a Christian, I joined a Bible church. Actually, I didn't join, they didn't even have a membership. But I was faithful to that Bible church. Why? Because they were teaching the Word of God. And, 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 and then, uh, uh, a number of years later, through, through serious study, I finally realized that I couldn't be an independent Christian in a church as a pastor. I needed to be under the authority of others. And I thought, well, With my understanding of the Bible, where do I fit? And I thought, well, I'm a Presbyterian. That's my theology. And so I joined with the the Presbyterians. Now, I want to tell you something about unity. I have friends who are Baptists. I have friends who are Methodists. I have friends who are liberal Presbyterians, and you have no idea how much I don't like that. I have friends who are charismatic. I'm not charismatic. Maybe you are. Probably you are. I've got a lot of friends that are charismatic, and any number of things that I really don't agree with. But we have the same common things. I have Catholic friends who love Jesus Christ, And you cannot convince me they're not believers. I ask them, who are you trusting in? Jesus, who's going to get you to heaven? Jesus, who are you living for? Jesus. And I'm saying, okay, there we go. So there's a unity of design here through the teaching of the word. And there are at least fundamental truths you must hold to for this unity. But there's also a, a, a little difference here and there. Now, there is diversity of gifting. And there is a diversity of functioning in the body. And this is the thing that I want to close with and we will be done here today. Uh, And this is all in the context of how we function in union with Christ, for Christ, and for His glory. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. Remember when you were a little child growing and you were growing and you were growing. You were not mature. Most of you now are full grown. But think, if if as a little child, you had had your present adult head, you would have really looked goofy. Yeah, and maybe some still do, but I didn't say that. That was a joke. We have to have some comic relief occasionally, because I preach with intensity, because this stuff grips my soul. Okay? The body has to grow into the head is the point that Paul is making here the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So we grow into Christ, so that the body matures into the head, so that we are no longer children tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, by deceitful schemes, Can I just stop here for a second and say one thing? Do you know why the church is such a mess today? And it is. It's a mess in England. It's a mess in America. It's a mess here. Do you know why? Because they're not teaching the word of God. You teach the Bible things fall into place. God God takes his proper place in your life. He is the be-all, end-all. And you learn to say yes, sir, and no, sir. I'll follow you, sir." But you only do that with the teaching of the Word of God. So Paul says, rather speaking the truth in love. So we're learning the truth. We're growing in the truth. How do we speak it to one another? In what? In love. So you've got some goofy, goofy view. Do I throw stones at you? Do you throw stones at me? No. In love, we discuss it. Right, Ken? Amen. Now, Ken doesn't have goofy views, because I taught him, and he learned. And he's embarrassed now, sorry. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him. Who? Into him, Christ, who is the head from whom the whole body joined together and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working hey when each what when each part is working properly makes the body grow up so that it builds itself up in love so here's your takeaway and I'm done are you ready in unity The diversity is that each one of you, each one of us, is vitally important to the process of the building up of the body. Which part will you play? What will you do? There is no place for people that sit on their derriere in a church and do nothing. Serve, 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 find a place where you can be useful for the Lord Jesus Christ and help the church build and grow strong in the word of God and in the following of the Lord and you will see a transformation of the church here and wherever you go as you help that process take place. And that's the design that Christ has in mind for his church. Unified, built up together as we all or involved in the process. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that, that, Lord, there's no guesswork here. It's very clear how we are to function. We're to love one another. We're to speak the truth in love. We're to be unified. And we're all to be involved in the process of building up the body of Christ. Lord, help us to take that seriously. Because that's how people come to Christ and grow in Christ. And the world looks on and, 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 and they see us as a people who love each other, who care for each other, who are going forward with each other. And they say there's something happening there that doesn't happen in the world. Wow. And, and maybe, maybe just from that, the reality of Christ in us, the hope of glory as we grow together in Christ, that itself becomes an evangelistic tool. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.